Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Uh, I'm going to welcome our podcast uh, people as well that are listening if you would like to join in and use the notes, the notes are on our website, rol-ag.com. Right on the home page, just scroll down and there are, it says sermon notes, click on that and they will be available for you uh, again. I'm going to do fill in the blank. Fill in the blank kind of helps me stay on track because I can get off track real easy, uh, especially talking about something like this. And so this is, uh, tonight we're going to turn our attention to uh, demons or the fallen let me also make mention of Thursday morning prayer is tomorrow morning right in here. So if you are available in the area and you want to come and pray for an hour, come here at 9 a.m. in this room right here. Isn't this cool being in this room? I love being in here. Uh, this whole building is just anointed. God is just so good. Uh, but come in here for Thursday morning prayer. You will be blessed uh, about that. All right. So we're going to turn our attention tonight, we've been looking at angels and demons and the supernatural, and so this is, like I said last week, it's like a seven-week uh, teaching that I have done before, it's a lot of content, a lot of information, I've condensed it down to three weeks, so we're only going to do angels, touch on the demons, like tonight, this is, this is a two-week teaching, I'm, I just pulled it into one, and then uh, next week we're going to talk about deliverances and authority, so uh, how do you get delivered? Um, all of that, we're going to cover that next week. So with these three together, and I started last week telling you why we even talk about these, so that we are reminded that we live in a supernatural world. We are reminded that we are in conflict uh, against the enemy. We have an enemy. We also need to know um, accurately and correctly the correct doctrine of angels and demons. And so that's why I like to teach this, not based on Hollywood or any novels, but based on the word of God. Uh, and so those reasons, and we covered all of that last week, and we talked about angels. Now, tonight, we're going to talk about demons, and we talk about demonic spirits and things like that. People can get, get stirred up. So I don't want you to go home and have bad dreams. So, uh, but demons are real. Uh, angels are real. Uh, how do you know they're real? Are they real because you've seen them? I've, I've never seen an angel that I know of, but I have seen demons. I've seen demon-possessed people. I've been used by God to bring deliverance. I've seen them. I've seen them. I know they're real. But if I've never seen them at all, it doesn't mean they're not real. I believe in angels and demons. Ready? Because the Bible says they're real. So you got to start there. It doesn't matter who you listen to or watch or know. or I believe it because the Bible says it. they exist. And so that's good enough for me. That's where we start. So that's where we take our instruction from is the Word of God. And uh, we learn about the fallen, is what I'm calling this, in week number two. And, and uh, some of this is in your notes, some of them are not. But uh, I talked last week about how God has a hierarchy. He has archangels. He has what Lucifer once was. I believe he was an archangel, but he was a, like the lead of the archangels there. He had a very unique, from what we understand from scriptures, a very unique position. But just like God has a hierarchy, so does, this, so does Satan. Satan does have an army. He does have a kingdom. Jesus taught that. Jesus said that Satan can't cast out Satan. He said that there's not division in the enemy's camp, that he actually has a, a very unified 
uh, demonic armies. Uh, he, Jesus did talk about that, and, and they do. And a mention of this uh, is in Ephesians 6, 12. You guys know it. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Okay, just look at some of these words. I'm not going to go deep into this tonight. Just push off on it. But he, Paul the Apostle lists um, some different hierarchy ranks right there in Ephesians 6. He talks about uh, principalities and against powers. Powers is their influence. Powers is the influence that the enemy does, okay, in Ephesians 6. So you got principalities. And again, the Apostle Paul is being used by the Holy Spirit to kind of parallel the, the, um, the uh, common day Roman government by using these principalities, procurators, procu you know, they had these, these leaders and this form of government structure. That's the word I'm trying to find is structure. Paul is using the same structure and language that the Roman Empire had. And he's saying, and he's parallel that with the demonic uh, realm, that Satan also has a hierarchy. So these terms are also found as um, names and ranks in the old Roman Empire. And so principalities and powers, rulers, rulers of darkness. So there's rulers, rulers of darkness. So that's a high position. And then he says a spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Heavenly places there is in the spiritual realm. There are, there are different principalities and powers over uh, in the heavenly realms, over certain territories and areas, which I'll show you that here in just a few moments. So that is just a peek to let us know that, you know, demons are not just these um, things that just have no order and they just go wherever. No, no, there, there is an order to the chaos, if you will. And Jesus tells us what their mission statement is, and it is to come to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's his uh, memo. That's what he wants to do. That's what he does. And so what is a demon? Uh, demons are another name for fallen angels who joined the kingdom of Satan in rebellion against God. So this is what a demon is. Now, there's another school of thought and teaching. It's not clear in Scripture, but if you've been around in, in demonology, you've probably come across the teaching of demons are also the, the spirits of the dead Nephilim, which was found in Genesis 6 and the giants. And there's a whole teaching on it. Um, I, I don't know, and some of it's from some other books, extra biblical books that mention that. I am not going to go down that road tonight, whether or not I believe in that. That's, that's, I do have some, I believe there's some truth to some of that, but I also have some hang-ups with that. But I, I'm going to stick to the Bible tonight, okay? So be, bear with me on that. If you wanted to get into that, we can maybe get a cup of coffee and uh, get together. There's a couple in the church that love to talk about that too. We could get together for that. So these are the ones that we know from Scripture that fallen angels, they're the ones who joined the kingdom of Satan in rebellion against God. If you got that Scripture in Revelations, you can go ahead and put it up. This is where we have is when, um, when Satan rebelled against God, he took a large number of angels with him in his rebellion. And so the word has always been a third of angels, where Scripture don't say he took a third but we get that idea from the scriptures uh, in Revelations 12. And when their rebellion failed, they were cast out of heaven. And those angels are now demons. And so it says in Revelations 12, And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. 
You can go to verse 3. Go, go to the next one. She bore a male child. Okay, so this, he gives a imagery of what is happening here, and then he gives the definition here of what he's talking about later in the chapter. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter because we got to, this is just, I want to touch on this. So I'll just translate as we go. She bore, she is the church. She bore a male child, that's Jesus Christ, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Her child was caught up to God in his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she was, had a place prepared for God. Okay, I think you went, what verse is that? Six, go to verse, okay, keep going to the next one. And war broke out. Here, this is it. I'm sorry, I gave you the wrong one. That's my bad. Start at verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. What's the next one? I don't know what the next one says. If it goes into the next one, that's good enough. We'll stop there. There is the description of the fall of the war that broke out in heaven. This is where God cast Satan down to earth. So many people, I usually take a whole week on the origin of evil, and I talk about where it came from, and it came from Lucifer, it came from him, and I take time. So again, I'm not going to do all that tonight. The question is, is when did this happen? Did this happen before Genesis 1? I believe it happened, and most scholars believe that it happened between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. It happened somewhere in there because we know the earth was here because Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven to the earth. I saw him fall to the earth like lightning. So this war apparently broke out after God told his plan in heaven that he was going to create man in his image, have this earthly family, which we talked about last week. And Satan did not like that because he was not appointed over that. Satan wanted to be worshipped. He was lifted up in pride. You find him in Isaiah and Ezekiel when that happened. And so this war broke out, and the angels were cast out to earth. Those were the demon spirits, the angels that chose to follow Satan in his rebellion. Those are now part of the demonic forces that we have here on earth. They are now demons. As angels can ascend, let me just say this, as angels, they can ascend into the heights of, of God and spirituality, right? We covered that last week when Isaiah saw, in Isaiah 6-1, he saw a vision of the throne room, and he said he saw the Lord lifted up, and angels were in there. They were in the most holiest place, crying out, holy, 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 right? They, they are able, angels can ascend into the highest heights of God. Just as angels can ascend into the highest heights of God and of spirituality, the Bible teaches that demons can descend into the depths of evil. So there's realms of evil. There's levels of sin and evil. It's all wrong. James 1 John or 1 John says that all lawlessness is sin. But we do understand, as Jesus says to one of the churches in Revelations 2, he says that you have not known the depths of Satan. He uses that word, the depths of Satan. So there are different levels of evil. We'll cover a little bit of that tonight. And here's where your demon, demon forces come in, if you will, use that uh, language. 
they want to descend. They want to get humanity in not just to not believe in God. He come to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy wants to do more than get you to not believe in God. That's his first step. But he wants to get you over into bondage and into the very depths of evil. And that's what he does. And that's what demons do. Uh, that's what they do. So they, they go uh, into the depths of evil, hatred, bitterness, and perversions. Demons torment and harass people. And their goal is to lead many away from God and his truth. So yeah, lead uh, man away. That's what their goal is, to lead man away from God and his truth. This is number one. You'll see this all in scripture, some of it tonight. That's what they do. They lead man away. And that's how you can even use discernment. Next week we're going to talk about discernment and uh, deliverance. But I'll just tell you this now. A good way to have to discernment on anything, with dreams, anything, is if it brings you closer to the Lord or is it pushing you away from God. I mean anything. It could be relationships. Relationships. It could be a, a, a new job that's got double the salary. Listen, the devil is smart. And his, his demons are very smart. And anything that will lead you away from God, and he can lead you away from a lot of different ways. It's not always into sin and bondage. Sometimes it's to get you busy and distracted. That's from the enemy. That's exactly from the enemy. You find that in the book of Nehemiah where they were trying to build. Uh, I did a whole sermon on it one time. They were trying to build the walls, and they got a message from, uh, from the enemy who said, meet me in the plain of Otto. And I talked about that plain of Otto. It was a neutral place, but the whole, the big picture was is the enemy tried to get Nehemiah to stop doing the work of the Lord and to get him sidetracked. And anything that does that in your life or my life, hear me, here's discernment. It's not of God. But it's of the enemy. It's what he does. When Satan come to Eve, he didn't come in his, his evil form and scare Eve. He came as a serpent. What does the Bible said about serpents in Genesis? They were the most cunning animals that God created. So they already had a stereotype or a reputation of being very cunning and trustworthy. Satan used that very device to come to Satan to confuse or to come to Eve and deceive her. He's a deceiver. He's a liar and he's a manipulator. That's what he does. So he wants to lead man away from God and his truth and into deception and bondage. And I have that Isaiah scripture there. That scripture is actually um, one of the two scriptures in, in the Bible that talk about uh, what we believe is Lucifer and how he fell. Again, it's good for you to read to kind of be up on it. It's kind of insightful, uh, but we're not going to go into that tonight. Now let's get into this. All right, so I do want to back up to demons torment and harass people. That is so true. I have, in, when I used to deliver, uh, have my route in certain areas, I come across this many, many times. People that were living on the streets and, and homeless, and I delivered bread and cake and pastries. And so I was the cookie man. So everybody saw, I mean, one time going into a store, and I was loaded up on my hand cart, and I turned the corner, and a little, a little kid was in a stroller, and he goes, look, Mom, the cookie man. And uh, she stopped, and he had to get some cookies. Everyone knew me as a cookie man. Well, I would give treats out to a lot of homeless people, people that were in my area, but I would, they'd have to hear me preach. They'd have to hear me uh, talk about Jesus. And so I would do that. And there were many, many times that I came across people that were demonic, that were bound with the devil and 
there was deliverances right there in parking lots. We had people get set free. I prayed for a guy one time, and, and uh, he just began to break, and that thing began to manifest right there in the parking lot. We prayed for him. I prayed for him, and tears came. Power of God just set him free right then and there. There was a, a church right across the street called, I still remember it, Restoration Ministries. And I told him what restoration means and how he can go there and get restored. And God has a plan for his life. And that's a true story. But what I kept coming across over and over again is this word harassment. People would say, I just feel like I'm being harassed. They couldn't sleep at night. They were just being harassed and tormented. And uh, let me just say, that is, a, that is an enemy. That, that's a plan of the enemy to harass us. And you can take authority over that in the name of Jesus. And, and um I had, I had, I could tell you so many of those stories, man. Some of them were crazy. Some of them were funny, but not funny. And then they're, cra- but they're real, and uh, it happens. And we have authority in Jesus' name. Let's keep going. So the different functions of evil spirits. Let's talk about what do they do. This is again to kind of help us have discernment. You need to know so um, what these are. Uh, there's a very fine line between chemical imbalances, you know, and and and. Um, physical disorders, there are, and uh, spiritual problems, there really are. There are times when, when Jesus would heal the sick, and there were times when Jesus would cast out devils. They were both separate and different. Now, they all fall under the umbrella of the devil because they fall under the umbrella of the, of the fallen world, which Satan caused all of this, so they're all on him. And I, at the end of tonight, I'll give you the one scripture to sum it all up, and I'll show you that. It's all on the devil. But if you, you know, it doesn't mean it's necessarily a demon spirit if somebody is physically sick or has a chemical imbalance. You do need to make that distinction there. Sometimes it's a demon. Sometimes it's just you need to get some sleep. You need to get some, take care of your body. And, uh, and, and so that, that is true on that. But there are spiritual uh, connections with a lot of this. And this is what they do. So. The different functions of evil spirits, or what do they do? So what I did, and I didn't have time to give, give this over to Lindsay to type it out for you guys, but if you see the four, uh, I got four of them there. They possess, they demonize, they oppress, and they influence. So you can actually flip those around in reverse, and what it does is it gives you it gives you what I believe is a progression to how people become demon-possessed. This is, this is just how I believe it happens this way. I have a couple of scriptures that I can give you, but the Bible really don't say this is how a, a human gets possessed by a demon. It, there's, it's not in there. But you can get an idea from other scriptures, put them together, and find out what they are. So if you started from four and work your way backwards, this is a kind of a progressive step that the devil tries to get people possessed. Because his, his main goal is to possess and control a human being so he can bring destruction. Remember the demoniac who lived in the tombs, was cutting himself, you know, he was isolated from family, living, the, that's what the enemy wants, the enemy wants to isolate you from your loved ones and from the plan that God has for you. He's all about isolation, that's another that's another red flag when the enemy is trying to get you to isolate. That's a red flag right then and there. That's not of God. God says, come unto me. Come around your people. Come into the light. He's all about coming. Unity. You need your brethren. Two can put 10,000 to flight. It's all about unity. The enemy is all about you by yourself. He'll do that by lying to you, saying no one loves you, no one's watching you, whatever. And he tries to isolate. And he tries to hurt you. And, 
And, and he has many different ways of doing it. So it starts with influence, and then it starts with oppression, which many think oppression and demonized is the same thing. I actually think there's two little differences there, and I'm going to get into that. And then, um, and then possession. That's the, the final state of, is demonic uh, possession of what the enemy does uh, to human beings. And so we're going to start from there. And go and go down. So this is what they do. So what is possess? Uh, the term implies ownership. Okay. So this is very important. Now, the other three, uh, a Christian can deal and have those other three. A Christian can be oppressed. A Christian, I believe, can even be demonized. I'll show you that here in a minute. And definitely, we can be influenced. I think we're influenced more in a lot of the American church. We can be influenced. That's all I can say. Very easy. You can love Jesus and still be influenced by the devil. You can be influenced to do some crazy things. You have these crazy thoughts and get these lies in your head, and it's not of God. And you're still going to go to heaven. You still love Jesus, but it's, there's, a, there's a demonic activity that is totally blinding you there. So, so is oppression. I'll show you that in demonize and in possession. But this is when a person is under the ownership or control of the devil. And this is why... A spirit-filled, Jesus-loving believer, I do not see it anywhere in Scripture, can be possessed by a demon spirit. That is just not, that is not in the Scripture. The Holy Spirit indwells you and I. And where the Holy Spirit dwells, evil cannot dwell with them. They're not down there playing cards or arm wrestling. When the light comes, darkness has to go. He doesn't, sh he, he doesn't share his space with nobody. He is not second class to nobody. When he walks into the room, it's got to go. So a Jesus loving. So here's the question. Oh, I've seen so-and-so, though. He went to church for years, and, and he had a demon. I saw it. They got a bucket out, and I told you, he spit up three times. And, I mean, or, or this or that. Listen, there are, so my question is this. If there really was a demonic bondage there, and now they're free, the, the question we need to be having is, were they really a Christian? Because just be, let, let's clarify what a Christian is, church. <laughs> Hello. Because one of the very first demons Jesus cast out was a dude going to church. He went into the synagogue and cast the devil out of him. My question is, how long was he there? Was he like the head usher? <laughs> Matt, no offense, brother. Was he the head of the men's department? Where was he? So here's the thing. You can be a religious person and not be saved, not be born again. You can be, I remember during the Brownsville Revival, Steve Hill used to shake the nations by saying you can have a communion cup in your hand and go, go to hell. You can have water baptism, water drips running off your head and split hell wide open. He would preach it to millions of people uh, during the Brownsville Revival. And his point was, is there is a difference between being religious, where you have a form of godliness, and a difference between that and knowing Jesus Christ, and here's the key word, being submitted to the lordship of the Lord Jesus, having faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Two totally different worlds. That's why we preach so much about the truth and repentance and because we can't play. We can't be playing these games. And so can a Christian be demon-possessed, not a spirit-filled, Jesus-loving Christian? I'm sorry. It, it can't happen. It can't happen. A religious person who have went to church throughout their life and 
thinks about God and, and believes to some mental capacity that there is a God, okay, that's totally different than a person who has repented and accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of their life. Why? Because here it is, possession means ownership. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, you've been bought with a price. You've been bought with a price. You, you, Satan don't own you. The devil don't own God's people. That's why the Bible says you've been, you've been bought with a price. He even used this analogy, you've been adopted. Which also brings another interesting topic. The, the, the clock is just a suggestion, right? You guys with me? So not everybody born on planet earth are children of God. I don't mean to hurt anyone's feelings, but we're all created by God in his image. And we're all God's children. I know, I know the Eagles or whoever has that song and it's a cool tune and everything, but... Jesus told the Pharisees, you're of your father, the devil. Uh, so until we are born again, we are not children of God. He wants us to be born again. He wants everyone to be children of God. But the scripture says when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are then adopted into the family of God. You are then saved by grace through faith and not of works, lest any man should boast. You see that, but not every, just because a, a person is good. The Apostle Paul says you can give all your money away to charity and not have Jesus, not have agape love, not have, not have love. It means nothing. You, you can be a good person by, the, by a good moral code, but you, I don't know why I'm going this far into this, but it needs to, we need to establish what salvation is and what it's not. And, and, and to be saved, you've got to put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah. I repent of my sins, and I accept you as Lord. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. That person, the devil ain't owning you. He ain't owning you. You can experience these other three, but he is not possessing you. You need to tell him to hit the road, Jack. And that comes back to knowing your identity and knowing who you are in Christ knowing who you are. That's why we teach this. Those are lies that the enemy puts in, into our head. So that's what possession means. Uh, number two, so then we have demonized. Some call this oppression, but I think there's two categories. I think oppression, if you look at the Greek words, which I love to do because the Bible is written in Greek. Jesus spoke Greek and Aramaic. He didn't speak English. And so you get the original meaning uh, really get some insight when you go back to the original words. And so that's what I love to do in my study time, and that's how I, I preach and teach. And I think you guys like that. I don't know. And so, yeah, so I, I think so. Uh, but it helps bring in a lot of uh, understanding. For instance, demonize. Okay, so let's say it like this. Once a person is possessed or inhabited by the Holy Spirit. See, that's another way to word it, but that's what happens when you get saved. A Christian cannot be possessed in his spirit by a demon However, a believer can be demonized, okay? So this is, uh, let me just throw this in here. Possessed, the word possessed, which appears 11 times in the New Testament, is translated uh, dominozi. It's a Greek word, very long Greek word. But the word possessed, f 11 times it's used. Four of the times it's used as this dominozomia word. Watch this. And it can also, that word is translated uh, to have an inward mentor, an inner voice. They are not controlling you because they don't own you, but they can try to torment you and talk to you. That appears four times. And it says in Matthew, when they brought the sick, 
the blind and the demonized and those with unclean spirits to Jesus. He healed them all. Break that down. They weren't all demon-possessed. There were some that were demonized. There were some physically sick. I don't know how to tell all the time, and you don't need to know either, but you do need to know this. Jesus can heal them all. That's what you need to focus on, Jack. That's what you could do. Hallelujah. Is just come against them in the name of Jesus to pray healing and pray deliverance. So this can happen to a believer when their mind, will, and emotions can be demonically harassed in many ways and in different degrees of torment. So I went a little deeper with this, and I gave you some ways that this actually, a believer that loves Jesus, has the Spirit of God, and you're on your way to heaven. Uh, you can actually intensify uh, or empower the demonic hold and harassment on your life. You actually can. This is how you do it. Number one, in Scripture, 1 Timothy 4, 1, 2. You can do it by being deceived. Put that Scripture up there real quick if you have it. 1 Timothy 4, 1. It says this. Now the Spirit, this is Paul writing to young Timothy, expressly says that in later times, that's our day, in 2024, some will depart from the faith. They were in the faith, but they will depart. Why? Given heed to what? Deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Doctrines is a belief. It's a belief, a doctrine. I just gave you a doctrine of salvation a few minutes ago. The teaching or belief of how to be saved. That's called a doctrine. Paul says in the last days, there actually will be teachings in, by demons. That'll make your mind go, whoa. I mean, how many's flipped over and saw a demon lately on Channel 4? You know what I'm saying? They're there. They're behind the teachings. Here's the point. Okay, it's not someone maybe that's hosting Jeopardy one night. I knew that was him because he got, no, no, no. I'll get into it here in a, in a moment how demonic spirits influence culture. It's what they do. And they influence, uh, they indoctrinate. Uh, they're in their education systems. Absolutely. They're in Hollywood, big pharma, media. That, that's, that when I talk about this stuff on Sundays in these sermons, I'm not just trying to be something. I'm telling you, this is exactly what the Bible teaches. They, this is where these ideas come from. This is where these teachings come from. They're deceived. They're called. So when a person, so how do I save myself from that? Get into the truth of God's word. You don't got to know all these deception doctrines. You got to know the word of God. I always tell you about that analogy about FBI people, right? When they, to this day, they, they don't study counterfeit money. They, count, they, they study uh, the real deal, currency. Why? So when they come across counterfeit, they're regular, they're able to identify the counterfeit because they've studied the true currency of our dollar so well that they can't pass a counterfeit. They don't got the time to go and chase down all the new counterfeits. You don't got, got the time to go all over YouTube and find out what the latest thing is. You're going to drive yourself bonkers and even get into some confusion and distracted from the mission of the church. What you need to do is just study the word of God. For a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of the word of God that proceeds out of his mouth. That's what we study. So when somebody comes to you at work with this off-the-wall teaching, you're able to go, the Holy Spirit, something will go, oh, wait a minute. What you talking about, Willis? 
even though you know you don't you can't put a finger on it and I'll talk about it even more next week with the sermon you may not put a finger on it but the Holy Spirit is saying no that's that, no it ain't no it ain't and I've had sometimes say this that don't sound right where, where'd you get that from nine times out of ten it's not scripture they can't go to a scripture it's what they heard someone else said so it's deception deception it gets a uh, gets people uh, I was thinking about this conversation that I had recently about with uh, some stuff but I'm not going to go there because we're running out of time so but people can get deceived and it, it deception strengthens the um, the hold that the enemy can have on us by being in deception and the scary thing about deception is you don't know when you're deceived because you're deceived The other thing that the enemy does here, or a way that we can uh, do this, is through being broken down by lies of the enemy. 2 Corinthians 10, I'm going to talk about strongholds next week because that's part of deliverance. There's so much. I wanted, I wanted to break this up and just focus on what the devil does this week, and then next week, what we can do to overcome them, and there's your deliverance. But I will mention strongholds, and here is a, a definition of a stronghold, because behind every stronghold is a lie. It's a lie that the devil's told you and I, and we believe them. And when you and I believe them, it begins to get a stronghold on you and I. A stronghold back in the Bible days was actually like a secure uh, place up in the mountains where David would run and hide from Saul in the stronghold. A stronghold is a place where you couldn't see it if you were standing down. When we went to Israel, there was a couple over in, over where the, we went to the mountains where... Uh, David actually hid from Saul. They're still over there. And we went there and had a Bible study. It was awesome. You can stand on the ground and look up and you, and you can see the, the holes now. But it, the strongholds were, you couldn't see them from the ground. They were intended to be that way on purpose because they would hide in those strongholds. And Paul uses that language to describe the mind of even a Christian can have a place where you can't figure out, put your finger on it because it's hidden, but the enemy has told you a lie somewhere along your life and you've believed it and you've got a hold of it and you can't get freedom. You're still on your way to heaven. You still love Jesus. It's, it, it's not, it's not, you know, uh, he's not owning you, but you are definitely have believed a lie and it's built a stronghold in your mind. That you're not important, that no one loves you, you can't trust someone. I mean, those are just some of the generic ones. You'll never be free. That's why I share my testimony. That's why you need to share your testimony so much. Because we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, that's his part, and are the word of our testimony, that's our part. And see, when I tell people, you can be free from drugs and alcohol. 26 years and loving it. You can be free. That's why I share that. And when I do, lights come on. See that? That's how you break that stronghold is by exposing truth to it. So the enemy does that. Second Corinthians, we'll be that next week. And here's a big one. Here's a big one. This is, this is the one that gets so many believers uh, in bondage. Even though they love Jesus, they can find themselves in their emotions and their soul. In their soul. Mind, will, and emotions boggled up. And that is by repeated engagement in sinful behaviors. That's why we're told so many times, awaken to righteousness and stop sinning. First John is one of the greatest 
letters, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, they're all good. But 1st John, he is just cut to the chase, man. Boom. We do have sin, but it's not a willful, habitual sin. If anyone continues to sin, he does not know God. He deceives himself. And he, you know, he just goes boom, 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 boom. Because this sin thing, it's not that God is in heaven saying, you know, I don't want you to have any fun. You know, he's saying because that sin will cause bondage on your life. And you can have a lot of fun without not be sin, by the way. Some people were raised in different church backgrounds that anything fun was sin. Hallelujah. When we go, I don't got time to go down that road. Sin isn't how you wear your clothes. You can wear, you know, I, I understand when you're living for God, you should carry yourself in a certain way and, and stuff. But you can, you can have a three-piece suit on or a dress down to your ankles and be filled with gossip and lasciviousness in your heart all the way home. Okay, you all know that. All right, so, but here it is, a repeated engagement. Where do you get that from, Pastor Eddie? All in the New Testament. But here's a great, beautiful scripture, Ephesians 4, 27. This whole chapter, in the middle of instructions, Paul's given instructions to live holy, right? He says, quit lying. You used to lie, but quit it. You used to steal, get a job, um, and work with your hands, right? He, and then in the middle of all of that, he says these words. He says, he, do not give place... Greek word topos to the devil. Don't, he says, quit doing these things and don't give place to the devil. That's the Greek word topos. We get topography from. Anybody know what topography is? It's like, it's like when we have a, a land survey done on this property. They, they, we have a topo done. We have a chart in the office in there and it shows you a uh, survey of the property. It means land. It means territory. Paul the Apostle is actually saying that a believer that loves Jesus can give territory to the devil by yielding to the sin in the flesh, to the sin nature of the flesh. Are you still with me? This is backed up over in Romans chapter 6. Write this down. It's not in your notes. Write it down. The law of submission is a New Testament law. The law of submission, it applies to even believers because we got a free will. Romans 6, Paul in his beautiful writing in Romans, I believe that's one of his best works ever is Romans. And everyone knows about Romans 7, the things I hate to do, the thing I do, and they love that. Listen, I tell them, read 6, 7, and 8. Hallelujah. Don't park your doctrine in 7. 7, Paul is just saying we all got a battle, we all got a flesh that loves to sin. And we don't always get it right all the time. But notice he says the things I hate. I do. He's not like, oh, I love to sin. You know, no, no, he says, man, I hate when I fall short. I hate when I fall short because God's spirit is in me and he's been so good by giving me his spirit and dying on the cross. I hate when I blow it. God, forgive me. That's a true believer. That is a true believer. You should hate sin. I hate sin. I hate it when I sin. I hate it when I see it in me. And I stay broken before the cross, and that's how I find his strength when I'm weak. Right? But that's a totally different world than someone who gives in to the flesh. Because what you're doing is you are actually strengthening the bondages of the enemy on your life. It's the law of submission. Paul says it in Romans 6. This is why I brought it up. He says, for whatever you present yourself to obey, that you become a slave to. Whether it be to sin, which leads to death, or uh, to obedience, which leads to righteousness. He says that in Romans 6. 
It's the law of submission. Whatever you, you submit yourself to, you will come under that. What did Paul say? He said, all things are lawful for me. All things are lawful for me. I could do anything. That, you know, I, he said, all things are lawful, but not all things are wise. Not all things are good for me. Watch this. For I will not come under the power of any. Whoa. He's a believer. The Apostle Paul. And he's talking about he can come under the power of something. Yeah, it's a law of submission. You start yielding to that sin, it'll start getting a hold of you. Yeah, you'll love Jesus, you're in your word of God, but you need to be free, brother. Because you, you've allowed the enemy to attach itself. And I think, there, write this down. Demons or Satan works through, he works through the flesh. I think I wrote that in your notes. James 3.16, put that up there if you got it. Uh, evil works through the flesh. So this is where discernment next week is going to come in handy because some people don't have a demon, they got a flesh. They don't need to be delivered, they need some discipline. You can't, cast the, you can't cast the flesh out, and you can't discipline a demon. Now, some people do have demons. Some, there are some folks out there that's got some demons in them, and they, they need to get delivered. But here's the thing. A, a, a person can, can sin and not, be, and not be a demon. You're just sinning. Galatians 5, these are the works of the flesh. I'm saying if you continue to do these works of the flesh, though, you are opening up yourself to demonic activity, and then you can also find yourself demonized in a place where you, they have a stronghold on you, and you need to be free. Absolutely. Absolutely. You need to get that thing broken off you. But that, that is always, as you'll see next week, repentance is part of deliverance. And I'll take you to Simon the Sorcerer next week, who believed and was baptized. And Peter has some discernment and said, you are bound. Greek word, chained. How can you be chained but still be a believer? Woo-hoo-hoo. Romans 8. And here's what I love about Peter. He didn't have this big deliverance. He says, you need to repent and get right with God. Preach it, Pastor Eddie. I'm trying James 3 says this, watch this, for where envy, lust of the flesh, and self-seeking, lust of the flesh, Galatians 5, same two words, watch this, those two bad boys, you'll have confusion and every evil thing are there. Demonic spirits work with the lust of the flesh. Just like you can have, you know, you can have the fruits of the spirit without having the spirit of God. You can, have, you can have some of those. You can be gentle. You can be a gentle person. You can be kind. You can be long-suffering. My mama is very long-suffering. She's always been long-suffering, raising me. Hallelujah. But you, when you and I get the Holy Spirit in us, you will have all of those as a, even if you weren't a gentle person, you get the Holy Spirit, you will be able to be gentle. That's why you're able to have love for people that you just want to just smack them silly. And then you get saved. You still may want to smack them, but not so silly, okay? Because you got to develop that fruit, okay? Hello, you got to develop that fruit. But I, my point is this, you can, you can also sin and then not be a demon, but you can also have demonic activity with the sin. It is, it is, it is true. Point is this, is we need to stop 
sinning, not because it's bad and God is not wanting us to have fun, because you're opening you up yourself. We're opening up ourselves to a possibility of bondage in our life. Number three, he oppresses us. This is what Satan does. He does this to believers. This term means to wear down, to tire or exhaust. I'm going to talk Sunday more about this, actually, this Sunday, about weariness. Here's your scripture, 2 Peter 2.7. We're going to go a little fast here so I can finish this. 2 Peter 2.7. The Bible says, New Testament, and delivered righteous Lot. Everybody say righteous. So is Lot righteous? Is he righteous? Yeah, the Bible says he's righteous. Watch this. Who was oppressed, same Greek word as the one we're looking at right now, oppressed. There's you a believer, righteous man, who the Bible says is righteous. He was righteous, but he was oppressed. And here, here's how you get oppressed, by the filthy conduct of the wicked. Go to the next one. For that righteous man became um, oppressed by the things, by the things that he saw. Among them, tormented, tormented. There's that word tormented. This is demonized. He's not possessed. But he's demonized. He's tormented. What's the word? Harassed. Watch. His soul, not his spirit, his soul, from day to day, and this is how we do it, by seeing and hearing the unlawful acts of the wicked. You went too fast. Go back. <laughs> did you catch that one? He did it by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Oppression, the enemy can get access to our life by seeing and hearing, by the things we allow. Jesus said in our eye gate and our ear gate. When I was a youth pastor, we relived on this scripture, right? Get rid of your music, hallelujah. And, and there's a lot of truth to that. But this is why we need to have guards on our eyes and guard our hearts for out of it flows the issues of life. You know, um, you need to pay attention to what you're watching in music. And listening to the beat, I know it's sweet, right? The beat fools everybody. But listen to them lyrics. Listen to them lyrics. We used to do this as a youth pastor. I used to get, you know, the old school hip-hop. That's where I grew up. Some of them beats were out cold, sweetest beats ever. But I'd say, now let's write down the lyrics of what they're talking about. And we don't pay attention because you're all, in, you know, you're bopping your head. You're driving down the street. You're like, yeah, yeah. And them lyrics are just dropping those seeds in there. And what it's doing is you start having these crazy thoughts out of nowhere. You're trying to worship Jesus. In fact, you don't even really want to worship anymore. You don't really want to read your word no more. You know, you really not want to want to pray no more. You're really not wanting to, you know, do this. What's going on? You've got them seeds in your life that's planting seeds because words are powerful. And they're planting seeds in our life. It brought oppression to Lot. Oppression means to be heavy. He was oppressed. By the evil conduct of what he saw every day. That's why, man, you can only watch so much news. This is an election year. I know America, if you watch, it looks like we're, we're a dumpster fire. Okay, get the news, whatever, then turn it off. Look, I gave this news source to our board. It's called the pour over. Our deacons, this is the news I give them. All right, I recommend it for them. It's called the pour over. Those of you that love the news, look it up. The pour over. It's Christian news, gives you the headlines, facts, and then it gives you a scripture verse with every story. How to look at it from an eternal perspective and a biblical perspective. It's really, really good news. Top world news. It's not local news. It's world news. The pour over. It's really, really good. You're welcome. So the oppression. And in Daniel 7.25, I'm going to mention this on Sunday. The Bible says in the last days, the Antichrist, the spirit, the, the, the devil, he will do this. He will torment his people. Now, this is New King James. But if you look at it in the... Um, 
in the NIV, actually, if you have a King James and you look at this verse, you'll have a little letter right when the word says persecuted, and it will take you to the, the center of the Bible, and the word there is wear out. So the point is this, Daniel prophesies that in later times, one of the things the devil will do is he will wear out the saints. That's what the scripture says. It's oppression, it's wearing you out. You feel fatigued in your spirit, you don't even know why. Could be demonic activity. That's what he does. And then number four is influence. Oh, I know I'm running out of time. Influence. Scripture teaches that there is a demonic army that opposes, that opposes God and his purposes in the earth. This happens on individual basis as well as national levels. We also see that prayer and fasting do affect the outcome. Daniel 10 shows us that. There are demonic spirits. I opened up tonight with Ephesians 6, and there are demonic spirits that are, I believe, that are over certain areas. You ever just go to certain areas and you can just feel the tension? I mean, it's just what it is. They're very real. Um, you'll, is it next week? I, got, I think it's next week when we... No, it's, it's here. Let me, let me get going here. Okay. Oh, demons are described in Scripture as... Let's go through these. If you got to go, you got to go. I understand you got little ones and, and you got to, uh, Cindy's leaving. I, I didn't call you out, Cindy. I, I'm just, I just looked at the clock. <laughs> Cindy's like, hey. Uh, I know it's 816. Let me just finish this. You want me to finish next week or finish tonight? Okay, if you got to go because you do got kids. And we got our grandbaby. And so I know, uh, hallelujah. But if you got to go, you're not going to be rude. You can get up and leave. Uh, just give me five more minutes uh, and we'll try to finish this up. So uh, prayer and fasting, and then let's go down to demons are described in Scripture. So here's are some of the words used in, in Scripture. Unclean spirits. This is used all over the place. I give you one in Matthew. This, the word unclean there in the Greek is to be impure in a moral sense in thought and deed. It's impure. It's an impure thought. Okay, this is where a lot of us fight these impure thoughts. Okay, it's... It could be some of the stuff we're watching, absolutely. It could be some of the environment that we're in, but just the word unclean means impure. Evil spirits, it means just that, evil. And here's where I believe there's different levels of evil, because you've got bad people, all right, and then there are evil people. You get some bad news, right? You get someone that stole someone's, someone's cell phone or they lied to you. That's bad, it's wrong. Then you have... School shootings takes the life of innocent children. That's demonic. Hear me. That's demonic. It's evil. Human trafficking. Evil. Demonic. There's a demonic spirit controlling that and influencing that and leading them guys doing that. Drug cartels. There's your demonic spirit. That's an evil spirit. A distressing spirit. I don't have time to take you there, but 1 Samuel 16 describes Saul when a, a distressing spirit. Now, if you read that, it is say a distressing spirit from God came upon Saul. Now, you need to understand that God didn't send that spirit. What happened was God lifted his hand of protection off of Saul, and he allowed that to get Saul. That's what it means from God. Especially in the Old Testament text, everything will rise and fell on God because of his sovereignty, which is true. 
that they would say that about him. Hannah in her song, you'll, you'll find Moses and Miriam in her song. You know, God causes this, the good and the bad, because that was the mindset. And it's true, but not all things can be contributed to God. God. It just simply means God lifted his hand. But a distressing spirit here, it means a disagreeable, sad, and unhappy. He was disagreeable because he tried throwing spears at David. That's a dis- You can have... Uh, just a, spirit, a disagreeable spirit. I have met people that just have a disagreeable spirit. I mean, it's one thing to just be a person that disagrees, and then you can have a dis- disagreeable spirit. You know, oh, isn't that a pretty ground carpet? No. You know, I'm just being funny there, but you know what I'm saying? Just a disagreeable spirit. I think, I think it's, it could be a demonic thing there in there, but it's certainly not of God. It, it just doesn't do that. Deceiving spirit is the same Greek word as the spirit of error, error, and it's the Greek word plani, which means to wander from, to be led away. But I want to get to the familiar spirit, and then we'll close. Familiar spirits and the spirit of divination. So the word familiar is not in your King James Bible, familiar spirit, but the Hebrew tradition, they used it a lot. And in some of the extra biblical writings, they have a familiar spirit. And there's a scripture, many scriptures that define what this is. And the word familiar, the ideal was that a person would work. The word familiar means a servant. And so they believe that like a a sorcerer had spirits in their household that served them and gave them the ability to know things that were familiar to you. So there's there's the logical mindset of a familiar spirit. But what is clear in Scripture is the spirit of divination. So whenever God is describing a familiar spirit, this is a lot, I know. Uh, he, is, uh, he does give us the word of uh, spirit of divination. This one you need to know. This is uh, very similar, and the word divination means python. That's the exact Greek word python, P-Y-T-H-O-N. This is in Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 18, this is a servant girl who had a spirit of divination on her, followed Paul around for many days, disrupting her because he tries, she tries to demons, you know, demonic forces try to disrupt uh, the things of God. I can tell you a story in Honduras that just came to my mind. We used to do street ministry on drama teams, and we come across this one time on the streets, man, and it was wild. It was so cool, but God gave us deliverance and freedom, and the lady was healed, set free. It was a great big commotion in the park right outside. It was amazing. We knew the devil was fighting that hard because something good must must be happening on that same day. And sure enough, it was. The local news station came to the park the day we were there when all of this happened and wanted to interview us, a church from America. And so, yes, I got to get on national, or their, not national, but local news and and give a short sermon and I invited everybody out to a service we were having that night in Santa Rosa. We went to Santa Rosa. It's, this, this is so amazing how God does it. There, not only were there people that came to the church, but the church just had a huge church split, which we had no idea. And one of the head leaders of the church split saw my message and interview on the news and told them that God told them to come to church tonight. They came to church tonight and they reconciled with, God, with the pastor and God brought this revival and this awesome story in this one night because of what happened in the park. Rewind, we had a lady that was demon-possessed that was coming and interrupting our drama the whole night. 
uh, the whole day, right there on the streets. And so I just had the team continue to pray. Melinda and I went over there and began to just pray in the Holy Spirit and come over and talk to her. And we was able to get her to leave, and she backed down, and they continued with the drama. People got saved. Then we got ran off by the Catholic Church, came out and chased us out because we were on the property. I knew God was going to do something awesome on that day. This is what happened to Paul's day. But the word python is the word that that woman was uh, operating in. And what is python? Is a, in mythology, it was the name of the serpent associated with Apollo. Now, here's what's interesting. This part of the land, the area where this happened, is also where the temple Apollos was. So here's the demonic spirit that the Bible says they had a, a spirit of python. Boy, if I had like... 20 minutes, I'd go deeper into that python alone. Well, let me just give you this. So, Paul talks about how idols have spirits behind them. This is exactly what you have. You have a city that had a temple that worshipped Apollos in Delphi. And Delphi was, this, was the, exactly in Greek mythology where the home of the serpent was. This girl was operating in a demonic spirit that was called python. A serpent. Good news is that Paul drove it out and he was free. So how let's end this with this. How not to fall with the fallen. Pray and fast. Some somehow in God's I got some great good stuff in that. But let me you could take that home and read it. Throw that last scripture on the screen and we're gonna pray and go home. This is the last thing I want to show you. Acts 10 38. I told you it's a lot. It's a lot of information. Uh, I know. But this is the last scripture I want you to see is this right here. Look how beautiful. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing. Who? Who? One more time. All who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You don't have to be afraid of the devil. You don't got to be afraid. You don't even got to know all these Greek words and all of this stuff. All you need to know is the same anointing. In the same Holy Spirit that was upon Jesus, hear me, church, also dwells in you. And you don't have to be afraid. If you find yourself under attack and you believe you're under some kind of demonic attack, you can take authority over that thing in the name of Jesus Christ. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus and ask his presence to come right in. I've had to do this in the middle of the night. I've had to do this over my children. We've had to do this over my wife. Had to do We've had it happen, and you pray. You take control over those thoughts. You cast them down. You have the power and the ability now in Christ through the Holy Spirit to do that. So, Lord, I thank you for your word that, God, you have preserved for us to gain insight in the enemy that we fight. I pray, God, that... Our hearts would be stirred to dive deeper into the Word of God. We would be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and have discernment in the things we allow into our, our life, our eyes, and into our heart eventually. Lord, I pray we would have wisdom and discernment in that. I pray your blessing upon everybody that came tonight. Help all the kids, Lord. Have a good night's sleep tonight, Father, and, and have a good day at school tomorrow. And I just pray your blessing upon us. We pray this all in Jesus' name.
Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, and God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.